Welcome to The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. I am your host, Cicely Davis. Slaves were not given a chance to thrive once they were freed. The slave and their children were forbidden to learn to read and to write. So imagine how this affected slaves when they were freed. They had no options, no way of providing for themselves and their families. And since we all know nothing leaves nothing, it is not happenstance that Black Americans are suffering and struggling today. These are the words of Valerie Hughes, an author of The Elm, a publication of the University of Maryland, Baltimore, and it's all malarkey. But since she and so many others love the subject of slavery, I am excited to tell the whole truth of it and debunk Valerie and all the excuses of Black Americans to excel in America today. And I'm going to do it now on The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. I am your host, Cicely, proud American, super patriotic, just feeling great, really, really enjoying the summer, and I am enjoying this podcast, and I'm enjoying you. Thank you so much for the support. If you're new to this channel, thank you for making the decision to click in and listen. For those of you who are returning, I appreciate you joining me on this journey. As always, I want to ask that you like, subscribe, share, and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Yes, we are going to talk about the big subject of slavery. Black-on-black um, black crime, last in education and graduation, you know, literacy rates and graduation rates, poorest or last in economic status, poorest or last in health and labor. But hey, Blame it on slavery. Blame it all on slavery. All the cool kids are doing it. We're going to talk about slavery. Let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation that's honest and unbiased. Is that possible? Now, I can admit that I had ancestors who were slaves. And yet, those horrific stories weren't passed down through our family. Is that strange? I don't know. I suppose it's like veterans who keep their war stories inside and just try to move forward with their lives, right? Like they don't try to relive those horrific stories. Well, that might have been true until today. It seems to me that a, there's a lot of Black Americans who are suffering more trauma than their ancestors. I mean, it certainly seems that way from what you're hearing from them. Now, let me make it clear. Let me make it clear. I am not making light of the transatlantic slave trade or any of the horrific atrocities that came out of it. I wholeheartedly acknowledge this painful period of our collective history. I can also say I never experienced this trauma myself any more than I can say I share the trauma of storming the beaches at Normandy during World War II. I can read about it. I can imagine what it have, may have been like or what it felt like. But the truth is, I don't know because I didn't live it. Is there such a thing as residual trauma? Is there an expiration date on generational trauma? 
Or is it a perpetual thing that spans decades and eons? Just a lingering course that stays in our DNA forever, meaning that it's incurable. Mm, Maybe not. According to the California Reparations Task Force, there is a cure, or at least a way to acknowledge the wrongs committed. While not necessarily the wrongs of California, as they never had slavery in that state, but certainly the wrongs of someone, specifically some white people. Because after all, if we can't blame white people, who would we blame? Certainly not Black America itself. I mean, we can't have that. The savage truth is some of the deepest harms of slavery have evidently lain dormant for over 100 years. Because Black families were better off statistically in the first 100 years after slavery than they appear to be at the beginning of the next 100 years. So we're experiencing somehow this delayed trauma. Sicily, Sicily, say it isn't so, but oh yes, it is so, my friends. It is so. I'm afraid it is so. So let's take a walk, shall we? Let's talk about the current Black family structure. Or let's talk about father absence. Like it or not, the number one problem among Blacks in America has nothing to do with slavery or the residual effects of slavery. Let me repeat that. The number one problem among Blacks in America has nothing to do with slavery. In 1938, 11% of Black children were born to unwed mothers. Today, that number is 75%, trending towards 80%. I'm going to repeat that as well. 75 going towards 80% of Black children today are born to unwed mothers. Got a lot of baby mamas out there. Am I expected to believe that this is because of slavery or the residual effects of slavery? Statistically, we know that children from fatherless homes are more likely to live in poverty, drop out of high school, have children out of wedlock, commit crimes, join gangs, and end up in prison. I mean, Black America's precious Obama actually said that. Meanwhile, 75, again, moving towards 80% of our Black babies are born with an absent father, and yet we scratch our heads as if we have a problem we don't know the answer to. In the first 100 years after slavery, almost all Black families were poor, regardless of whether they were single or two-parent households. Today, 30% of Blacks are poor. So we went from nearly 100% of Blacks, whether they were single or dual-parent households, being poor, shrinking that down today to only 30%. However, Today, two-parent Black families are rarely poor. Only 8% of married Black couples live in poverty. In Black families where both husband and wife have full-time jobs, that number is 5%. Two Black parents with full-time jobs, 5%. Okay? Compare that to the poverty rate in Black families headed by a single woman, and that number is 37%. So this is obvious, okay? And that, as you all know, if you're listening, that's not 
a structural problem. That's not a racial problem. That's simply a math problem, right? If you have two people with full-time jobs working in a household, they're simply going to fare better than a household with one parent and children, right? That's just a math problem. Simple as that. The savage truth is neither slavery nor Jim Crow nor racism has devastated the black community of today more than the absentee fathers and the welfare state. But black people don't want to talk about this, so, you know, I will. Now, this is not to undermine slavery, quite the contrary. We all should and must acknowledge that slavery is ugly, it's shameful, and it's morally wrong. But history and truth is important. It's really, really important. Okay, so here's another statistic. From 1890 to 1954, Blacks were just as active, or more so, than whites in the labor market. Specifically, Black teen unemployment was equal to or less than white teen unemployment. In fact, in the early 1900s, the duration of Black unemployment was 15% shorter than that of whites. Today, it's 30% longer. How do you explain it? Certainly, no one would suggest that they were subject to less racial discrimination. And yet they, during the height of oppression, Blacks were outperforming whites in most labor statistics, partially because they had skilled labor, something that is largely absent from today's Black workforce. Another explanation would come from the ever-popular Democratic labor unions, but, you know, this is a discussion for another day. Hold on, liberals and union allies. I am coming for you. You just hold tight. But I want to touch on education. Today, Black 12th graders deal with scientific problems at the level of white 6th graders. In math and writing, they compare to white 7th and 8th graders. I am so going to say that again. Hear me out. and I'm going to say it slow. Today, Black 12th graders deal with scientific problems at the level of white sixth graders. In math and writing, they compare to white seventh and eighth graders. So as an employer, hiring a typical black high school graduate is equal to hiring an eighth grader or, or admitting that same typical black high school graduate to college and wonder why they're struggling, why they end up in academic probation. This is a cultural problem, not a racism problem. Black America doesn't put a priority on education, or at least they aren't pushing hard enough for better education in a way that actually achieves results. Now, I do not want to see in the comments, Black America does care. You can't say that. And I'm just going to give you a general rule. If you're listening to this and you become offended, then I'm actually talking about you because the the Black household with the two parents that focus on education and make sure that they're bringing children into the world and taking care of them and giving, providing for them spiritually, emotionally, financially, they're not taking offense to this, right? So if you're listening to any of this and you become offended, then I'm talking to you. Clearly, I'm not talking about the entire whole of the Black community. I'm basically referencing the Black underclass, Okay. The damage being done to Black Americans is, without a doubt, being inflicted by the media and the woke mob and Black Lives Matter frauds, 
It's also being inflicted by the corrupt civil rights leaders and academics who assert that every problem confronting Blacks today results from a legacy of slavery, of discrimination. And to that, I say it's bullshit. If we keep allowing the mantra of victimhood to be preached, we will lead young Black Americans down a hole they may never be allowed to escape from. Victimhood is the altar on which dreams are broken. So let's take a look at slavery in history. Take a historical point of view for a second. Slavery is not a uniquely American experience or even a uniquely white enterprise. People of all nations and colors have engaged in the institution of slavery throughout history. The fact that free blacks often owned slaves during the early developments of this country, that poses a problem from contemporary scholars because it exposes divisions within the Black community that still exist today, okay? It's where we get colorism. It's just a a very, very ugly truth that Black America wants to hide and tuck away and not talk about or face. For others, it offers an excuse or a deflection of blame away from white people. And we can't certainly have that, right? These Black supremacists. When we can finally accept that the institution of slavery is a horrible wrong and stop living in the shadow of these wrongs, maybe then Black Americans as a whole can absolutely move forward. If true healing starts when we forgive those that hurt us, it should be easy for us as Black Americans today to forgive wrongs that were never committed to us personally. Okay, so now we're going back to that whole idea of delayed trauma, right? And we hear all the time. We hear it in Black churches and we hear it in Black communities. We hear it in Black households. We're kind of raised on this notion that the best way to heal is to forgive. Okay, well, it's easy to forgive for something you never actually experienced. So if you've never picked cotton, if you never picked sugar cane, if you never dealt with um, tobacco, if you haven't spent 16 hours for six days a week in the hot sun slaving and being hung from trees or had your child ripped from your loins, right? If you've never been flogged, then it should be really, really easy to forgive. I think it's harder to forgive when the seed of a big fat reparations check is planted. However, I think personal responsibility is easier to avoid when you think you're going to get paid. Who needs education when you're going to get paid? Got that reparations check. Big fat reparations. What is it in California? $5 million they're asking for. But the savage truth is you're not going to get paid, right? If you're paying attention at all to history, like welfare is never going to make you rich, reparations is never going to be paid out. It's never going to happen. Here's some more facts. In 1654, a black man, this is a great story, you guys. You got to hear this. In 1654, a black man named John Kaser claimed his term of service to his master had expired and he filed a legal complaint in court. A civil court found that the master, in fact, owned John Kaser's services for life. This is one of the first legal sanctions of slavery recorded. I would also note that the master was a freed black man named Anthony Johnson, who owned 250 acres and five slaves. Yeah. The owner was a black man. Okay. The owner was black. He owned 250 acres 
and had five slaves. And here he is fighting um, the slaves saying, no, you're indentured to me for life. According to an 1860 census, South Carolina had 171 black slave owner holders. One of the wealthiest black slave holders was William Ellison, who owned 63 slaves. In 1830, there were approximately 319,599 free blacks in the United States. About 13.7% of the total black population was free. The census also lists 3,775 free blacks who owned a total of, get this, 3,775 free blacks owned a total of 12,760 slaves. Now that's an inconvenient yet savage truth. Put that in the history books. Can someone please write that down? Put that in the history books. Brutal black-on-black slavery was common in Africa for thousands of years before it was brought to the American colonies. And sadly, slavery in Africa is still practiced today. Now, the whole reason of me bringing that back up is because so often we hear from blacks who love that mantra, America was built on the black backs of slaves, on the backs of black people, and black people built America. Okay, I think I just proved that you're certainly not better off in Africa. You're way better off here. In spite of its history, in spite of world history, you are better off here in America. Today, we mark over 400 years since the first recorded African slaves arrived in North America. Slavery remains a modern day shame. I think I've stated that several times. Slavery remains a modern day shame. And so when we talk about a savage truth over 40 million people are trapped in forced labor, forced marriages, and sexual exploitation, according to the United Nations. Africa has the highest prevalence of slavery today, with more than seven victims for every 1,000 people. Africa is still the largest enslaver on the planet. Varied forms of slavery exist across the continent with domestic service, debt bondage, military slavery, slaves for sacrifice, local slave trade, and more. These are the unspoken and ignored truths that Black Americans conveniently ignore and refuse to talk about. You are not, and I repeat, Black Americans, you are not better off in Africa. You are much better off here in America. I'm telling you to embrace it and accept it as a savage truth. You know, I mentioned briefly in the beginning the welfare state, understanding as most do that perhaps the primary mission of welfare is to offer financial assistance, thereby improving the living conditions of the vulnerable in society. And I think it's clear, however, that welfare has indeed failed not only to reduce poverty, but has also very definitely decreased work incentives. And it has also increased social spending because of the massive cost to taxpayers to support such a program. See, there's no shame in being on welfare. Okay, let me just put that out there. There's no shame in welfare. There's no shame in needing help. The whole point, I think, of welfare was... Now, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think LBJ obviously had in mind votes and to, you know, strengthen the Democrat Party. 
Um, but the whole point of welfare was to actually help people out, right? To give you a hand up. But it wasn't supposed to be a lifestyle, okay? It was supposed to be for a very short period of time, give you some assistance so you can get up on your feet. Um, but if you're living off of welfare and you're about to have now your fifth child with some random guy, if you're braiding hair on the side and you're doing locks on the side, or if you're on welfare and you're also selling weed on the side or selling food stamps for profit, that's not the purpose. So you can't get mad when you hear this because this does happen. Okay. We've had cases come out that this literally happens. It still happens today. This is shameful. Okay. That you should be ashamed of. So if that's, that's not the purpose of welfare, it's supposed to be a hand up. All right. It's not supposed to be a lifestyle. Do you like me or anybody out there like me ever wonder how black people would actually vote if welfare didn't exist? In general, the black community, both those who are wealthy or in the middle class and the black underclass still hold to the same basic values. I really do believe that even if they don't have even if they don't have one, they believe in family, they believe in faith and building a strong community. If the poverty pimps like the media and liberal politicians and pastors and professors and celebrities don't sell victimhood, if they didn't sell victimhood, would blacks vote Democrat? I honestly don't believe so. I believe I could present a strong argument that by way of welfare or modern reparations, the black vote for the Democratic Party is absolutely bought and paid for. The point of this talk is slavery. And what I'm trying to drive home is that the master knows how to keep the slave enslaved. The media, politicians, celebrities, special interest groups like Black Lives Matter and pastors and professors, both black and white, know that the number one button to push for reaction and results is race. Minorities are sensitive to racism and it serves as a massively profitable for those who push and those who sell it. So black people have to wake up. That's just what it is. Black people have to wake up. We have to learn history. It's whole truth. We need to accept it. We need to learn from it. We need to tell it without bias. And then we need to use it to excel. Another savage truth is there are no clean hands when it comes to slavery. There are no clean hands. It has been said to me several times. Okay, I've had several people say this to me several times. Well, we know that slavery didn't start in America and we know that Africans enslaved other Africans. But see, the problem is that it was racialized when it came to America. Eh, wrong. Okay, so let me address this whole, let me address that, this racialized in America. I'll do it this way. I'll make a few statements here. Slavery was not invented by white people. It did not start in 1619 upon the first arrival of the slaves in Jamestown. It didn't start in 1492 either with Columbus. Slavery existed in Asia and Africa and the Middle East. Slave, which is a term created by the Slavs of Eastern Europe, all white, mind you, millions of them were enslaved by Muslims in the ninth century 
and later by the Ottoman Turks. Slavery was so common that Aristotle considered it, quote unquote, natural. That's how common it was, that it was just considered natural. White supremacy is not America's DNA. Liberty is America's DNA. Talking about individual freedom. As I quote the accomplished and savagely truthful David Horowitz, and he so eloquently points out that this was a group of white Christians in England and America, led by Wilbur Forrest and Thomas Jefferson, that declared slavery as immoral. No one, no one before those two actually claimed it to be immoral, as Horowitz so eloquently points out. Slavery existed for a thousand years before a white person ever set forth on it. This was about blacks and saving blacks, as in blacks killing blacks, as in black politicians and pastors and special interest groups selling victimhood and profiting from blacks. But time has run out for excuses. Time has run out for ignorance. Time has run out for blacks to not excel in this country. With the existence of the internet, not those chunky encyclopedias that I had to use in reference. Okay, I'm going to date myself a little bit. With the existence of the internet, you can get all the knowledge and history and truth you need to know to educate yourself and to be fully informed that we indeed have a cultural problem. Black community has a cultural problem. That's the conversation we need to embark on. That is the conversation we need to have. We need to get Black people into a room. We need to start having honest, savagely honest conversations. And we need to state the truth and we need to state the facts, no matter how it incriminates us, no matter how much it angers us, no matter how much it hurts us, no no matter how much it emotionally scars us, we need to admit that as Black Americans, We have a cultural problem. We have a morality problem. If nine, I'm sorry, if seven, almost eight children are born to unwed mothers in this country, black mothers in this country and black households, that's a spiritual problem. That's a moral problem. And that is a cultural problem. We need to acknowledge that and be savagely honest about it. And until that happens, nothing will absolutely, nothing will change. And since no one individual or group has sole ownership of suffering, no black person has an excuse to not do well in the freest, least racist nation on the planet, period. So that's my goal. My goal is to get to that point where black people can actually sit down in a room from all sides and be savagely honest about incarceration, about police violence, about father absence, about our culture, about our music, about our philosophy, about our comings and goings, about our history, about our way in America. Okay. We need to be honest and it's going to be tough and it's going to be hard and it's going to be, you know, It's going to anger some people and it's going to be emotionally hurtful and it's going to probably scar a little bit. It's going to be uncomfortable, but it needs to happen. So if you're white and you're listening to this and probably, um, probably leaning to the conservative Republican side, or let me just say this, if you don't have a political leaning, but if you're white and you're listening to this and you just really apply common sense, 
learn the full history of slavery in America, and please continue to not apologize for it because you can't undo it. If you're white and liberal and listening to this, please stop the phony facade of apology by pushing terms like white privilege and diversity and equity and inclusion. Please stop trying to push the curriculum of critical race theory. For black people, please let go of the argument, let go of the energy, and let go of the efforts towards reparations. It's simply not going to happen. Stop selling promiscuity as female empowerment, okay? Just stop it. Stop it in the music. Stop it in the videos. Stop preaching it to young girls. Stop bringing babies in this world without a father, okay? That just needs to end. Black men, take moral and financial and spiritual responsibilities for the babies you make. Step up. If you make a baby, take care of it. Graduate high school, get a job, keep it, don't have kids until you're married, and you will guarantee land dead smack in middle class. Please praise the right heroes like Frederick Douglass, Sojourner Truth, Maya Angelou, Condoleezza Wright, Langston Hughes, Thomas Sowell, and Clarence Thomas, and so, so, so many more. Let's be honest. Let's be honest about the fact that we have not been good stewards of this commodity called freedom and free enterprise. Let's be honest and just admit that we can do better, that we've been lazy with regards to history and reference of history and checking data, right? We just, we show up every Wednesday night for Bible study and every Saturday for choir rehearsal and every Sunday listening to these you know, emotionally biased pastors preach this garbage to us and we don't check and we don't reference. We just take for what they say to be true. That we've allowed our emotions to get in the way and that we alone, we alone are the only ones who must solve our own problems. That we're not better off in Africa and that we are not victims of America. But indeed, We are Americans and greatly and honorably contribute to the exception that is the American way of life and its history and that we all together are simply Americans, proud, brave and true and the beacon of light for the rest of the world. If we do that, blacks, along with so many others in America, We'll see and experience prosperity in this great U.S. of A. I truly believe that. So all excuses are erased. All passages are open for success. All individuals with an incentive to better their best. That is America. Black, white, red, yellow, or brown. When we all are meshed together with that sort of mission, we come out red, white, and blue. Be bold, be courageous, be faithful, and most importantly, be true. Please like, subscribe, share, leave a positive review, and that'll do it for this episode, everyone. You have listened to The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. I'm Cicely, and I'll check in with you next time.
The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis is a production of Front Page Magazine and the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Reproduction of this podcast without express written consent is prohibited.